Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Culture Terror. I am DK. I'm Lewis, and you're a tranny, Harry. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, and yeah, so today we'll be discussing the the Harry Potter media franchise. Um, uh, it's a it's a long running joke in our circles, but I definitely you know checks out that the 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 kind of median libtard fan of Harry Potter has not read the books, um, only seen the movies. I think as as cult as a cultural analytic object, you have to take them together, or 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 even mostly kind of look at the book uh, the movies rather. The books are, are definitely secondary. Um, uh, that said, I have read all the books and seen all the movies, and um, uh, so I'll be approaching it from from that perspective. But I think there are some interesting divergences. One in particular that I'll that I'm going to highlight later on. But um, I, I will say, you know, for my speaking for myself, I um, the the series first attracted my attention um, when um, I was I was a little bit as I said, probably you know doesn't surprise anyone I'm, I'm, I'm not wasn't in quite in the target audience when the books started to be released but I was still sort of you know whatever I was you know wasn't like a, so old or anything and um, anyway I ended up I ended up reading them all by the end kind of um, I kept waiting for them to get better and they never really did but I, I was sort of committed at that point and they were enough of a cultural phenomenon that I you know wanted to um, wanted to participate and, and 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 to some extent I wanted to know you know what was going to happen next and everything um, I don't know if I would have ever necessarily described myself as a fan per se. Is definitely not a strong fan, but uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, um, Lewis, and you indicated that you would consider yourself a fan. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious to hear more about that. Uh, yeah. So I I grew up in the absolute perfect target audience. I was still I think around like you know very early teens when the uh, last book came out. So uh, at the height of the mania, I was in the, you know, I could be, I could, I could, you know, I, I was in the age where I could come at it, you know, not, I was not at all jaded or anything. You know, I was, I, obviously I, I read the books all multiple times. Uh, I think I read the series like four to six times all the way through. And I have favorites. Wow. And I've, yeah. Uh, I only ever read it yeah. once. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I got a box. I saw the box set. Uh, I my brother also was very into it, so you know we that that was an interesting thing. Uh, and they are I I read a lot. I'm not gonna say I'm not like they inspired my love of reading because uh, that that you know that's brought up a lot. But because I, I was a big reader before then, but uh, yeah, they I'm sorry, break go on. down. That certain, that was a big they, meme around the time. And so would would you say that? So, so you were already a big reader before reading Harry yes. Potter. Yes, uh, I, I, sure. I really always um, hated that talking point. It always felt like a cope, even when I was quite a bit younger. Like I, I would actually get in argue, arguments with people um, as a kid and, and through college and beyond, um, because I would people. I, I was always kind of proto-fascist. I, I think, and a lot of people kind of understand. You know. I, I, the extent that I would even get called that. And one of the main ways in which that came out when I was younger was that um, I, I would just say, uh, you know, bad art doesn't have a right to exist. Like there's a difference between good art and bad art and bad art doesn't needs to go away. 
or shouldn't be published or shouldn't be publicized. Uh, the the other I think big picture thing of uh, was was I was always kind of a fan of eugenics, but anyway yeah so um, the uh, the I I just to me it was like okay you say that you know people people are gonna read it gets kids reading gets kids interested in reading that does, I, I never bought the idea that that would mean anything part of it was that I always you know kind of liked video games um, and and video games would get. The, the con that was always the main contrast to some extent with TV, but especially with video games. I, I actually think that to, to a large extent, the, the, the criticism has better purchase against TV than in particular video games, especially like, you know, I, I think honestly, a, a kid um, playing Final Fantasy Tactics, for example, uh, that's a better, that's a, that's a more engaging use of his brain, a, a, a better like cultural formative kind of experience a, a kind of more meaningful experience than reading Harry Potter, um, <clears throat> and and the, the 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 people that I know, I'm thinking of one person in particular, but but she's by no means alone. Kind of um, heinous libtard type who was all about Harry Potter and all about reading young adult fiction um, has never really progressed past that phase, and it's like you know, and and I know a lot of these kinds of people who. Same way that you know, some people play Netflix. Sorry, some people watch Netflix. Some people play Call of Duty. Uh, other people read crappy young adult fiction or just kind of you know whatever, just or literary fiction, God forbid. Um, and you know, like uh, the the these <laughs> reading young adult fiction or literary fiction does not mean that you're a savvier consumer or a smarter person. It's just that's your media consumption habit of choice. It, and and so this idea that like oh, at least kids are reading is like well, reading in and of itself doesn't mean anything like what are they reading and what are they getting out of what they're reading because you I mean you can get stuff out of Harry Potter but I think you kind of have to go like <laughs> a little bit deeper and from a little bit uh, of a different angle than than is typical uh, so I don't think that the books are at all like so there's this quality this is kind of thing that oh it's poorly written because no one knows what that really means anymore like um, and they're definitely not they're you know they're very readable i think it's probably the most readable long series uh maybe ever it's like uh the you she gets points for style fast. my issues my issues with the with the novels and with the with the kind of story i guess as a whole and the characters and everything are like structural uh we'll, we'll get into it but it, i i agree with you that that um jk rowling herself at least i haven't read any of her other stuff but in in the harry potter series um you know the the names the setting the the kind of way the very lyrical kind of way that it 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 unfolds um almost like a fairy tale but also with you know crossed with a mystery novel um no i agree it's very readable and 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 definitely it, it from in in the kind of in the in the terms of like the sentence by sentence structure quite well written i would i would agree with that for yeah. sure uh and i maybe it was cause i i, I I find the certain books have a they are more able to elicit like uh, like evoking a mood in you when you read them and I find in the later books um, I like there are points in like uh, the, the fifth book and the sixth the, well the fifth book and the seventh book really probably the most where you re I was reading it and was like 
legitimately stressed out because of the stressful situations and stuff and like <laughs> the kind of there's kind of like a, a undercurrent both those are like a kind of constant danger and fear um and i remember reading that and then like reflecting on it the next day like in a couple hours after i finished reading it or to put it down for a while and i was just like very impressed that a book could even do that uh harry potter has a lot of first mover advantage uh culturally and in my own life probably in that it was probably my first exposure to like world building i guess if you want to call it that like the, the uh yeah really i guess really it's like world building world building and um it's like very evocative uh writing and the books notably have this really interesting thing going on where they uh they don't only get like more mature and longer and stuff but they they evoke different things and like as you kind of you'll inevitably be especially at that age you'll be much older when you finish this unless you like crank it all out in you know a couple weeks which no one really did well i think you got to distinguish between people who are reading along from the release of the first or second or maybe third book um as you know and and then and then kind of grew up with the series versus yeah i mean now you know a kid who who's reading it who likes it could blow through the whole series in you know a couple weeks right yeah and i yeah that's and i think but i i'm always gonna have that experience of it right and also it that's where i also this where i was taught uh, very importantly, that you—it doesn't matter if you know the ending to a story; it's still the ride mm-hmm. of it was really great. Like, I think everybody had the sixth book story where uh, Dumbledore dies. I did not. I bought it on release day and read it in like a, one and a half, in like the next eighteen hours. So I was one of the few people who, really? who, yeah. So that happened to me, and I enjoyed it. Not only in spite of, but like maybe even like in a different way, probably than I would have been. Oh, a twist, but. I legitimately, you know, I, I was my experience of knowing how it ended, but the journey being better than the, you know, destination. And, sure. And, and you know, it's a testament to her personal skills as a writer. Uh, and I, th- anyway, yeah, I think the fourth and the sixth. There's more books. going on than I guess they, they will ever get credit for. Mm-hmm. And they've, it's this kind of the MCU effect, right? <laughs> it's actually identical, uh, where the source material is, uh, has the source material is not super important to the movies uh outside of like you know some broad kind of kind of tracking uh, i guess the arc of it but the uh how do you put this the movies take any kind of nuance out of it and any kind of uh like Everything feels very much cheaper in the movies, and much obviously it's more like a broader market. But it's but it's hard it's hard to explain how much the like the tone. Like, I think Harry Potter is just, it's just simply best read because the tone and the kind of oppressive feelings, and then also like the feelings that are good and nice. Uh, as you read them, it makes it make kind of. It, like it's you emotions get manipulated for quite a the, she's kind of a master of emotional manipulation and making you f- feel the way you're supposed to feel when you're reading this and the movies because of their in a much shorter time frame they don't even try to do any of that it's just kind of plot 
It's a theme uh, park, plot, right? Plot, plot. I mean, it, it, now I understand that there's now liter- a literal theme park that you can go and pay, I don't know, $80 or whatever it is and and walk around Harry Potter World or something. I forget what it's called. Um, and and the movies are very much like, it seems like they were, I, I don't know what the intent was at the beginning or if they always understood or that was the plan or, or but it but in terms of like the experience, I even think, was it, was it, um, who was it? There was some, some famous, I don't know if it was Francis Ford Coppola or somebody like in that tier who was like, they were asked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as you as you referenced, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't watch the. It's like that's a theme park. I don't like to go to Disney World. I don't like to watch these movies. These movies. These are not movies. These are theme parks." <laughs> yeah, which is funny because there was also a transition between like so the books. The initial books are for kind of for children, and they kind of mature as a series along the series, whereas the initial movies, the first two or three, are like basically B movies. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah, and then. The yeah. last four are like Marvel movies. Yes, and it's, it was Scorsese, by the way, who said that. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah. and so I think the the movie, like, so when you see uh, like Harry Potter, it's, it's like kind of forever. I think it's chained to like Star Wars in that it, it really kind of is a generations. It's basically the, it's, it's it's a hero's journey story, and it's a certain generations. I guess you call it. It's, it's millennial Star Wars. Uh. <laughs> well, with a couple important differences, but yes, I that in terms of the kind of like you know seeing yourself. I mean, the funny so so Star Wars is the perfect like boomer thing, right? Because it's it's we're the resistance uh, fighting against like the man with like laser. I mean, or just you know, and 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 it's just kind of yeah. just a silly. They thing, even get right? to go back and win Vietnam at the end, right? It's yeah, exactly. It's like- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, whereas, well, the funny thing, okay, so one of the one of the most insightful um, analyses of, of Harry Potter that I've ever seen, let's see if I can dig it up or maybe try to put it in the show notes. I've been bad about show notes. I'm sorry, anyone listening to this. Um, you can bug me if there's something that you wanted to link to that you didn't get. But um, I'll try to make a note and, and put it in. Uh, yeah, there was, and I, I believe this was linked to by Hank Oswell of Myth of the 20th Century, shout out at some point. But anyway, um, noting how... Uh, and, and this actually struck me when I was reading the, the first novel in particular as a kid, how like the, the, the vibe that she was going with was not anti-fascist. Like for sure that it ended up being like a Nazi allegory and just extremely boring. Well, there's, um, there's, well, I want to get into that. Let me, yeah, go ahead. But well, just like, yeah, the, the, at first it wasn't like a Nazi thing. It was a, it was an IRA thing. The, the Death Eaters were not like brown shirts they were they were ira t- style terrorists um down to and i'd have to find the thing you know this is the, what we get for, for not doing prep but but down to like the 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 the, the physical description of the kind of clothes they wore yeah. and the kinds of things uh, they were was up it P- to peter Pettigrew is like a bomb maker yeah exactly there's explosions you, oh it's a and they're like the ministry blamed it on gas explosion and the <laughs> muggles and stuff like it's yeah uh the other thing that points to that not being a war to i wanted to bring up or not being a uh, Nazi thing is that very clearly in the universe, World War Two happened between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, and like it's, it's kind of like treated the same way as it was the big war in Europe that the British won for the good guys, and it kind of has a like the, that universe has a similar cultural space. Yes. And then the Death Eaters as IRA are like the next war that happened after. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. 
Um, but then for kind of, I think, interesting, like cultural historical reasons, I guess, basically like, well, okay, put yourself in the shoes, right? So she's writing this at the end of history, Francis Fukuyama style, like it's the nineties, the Soviet Union has been defeated. You know, World War II is way, it's decades in the rearview mirror and, and it, there, there's no, you know, quote unquote, rising fascism threat or anything remotely like that. We're all very, very much, um, buying into this nineties style like multiculturalism i don't see color type approach which is later gonna bite her in the ass um but that's the that's the kind of tone that she's taking that's the kind of like all this stuff is sort of in the rearview mirror and i don't even think i mean uh i would have to refresh my memory or look back but but i don't like voldemort himself it wasn't like a wizarding it, it was wizarding supremacist in a certain kind of sense but not like i don't know again more of a kind of like well, no, separatist I, rather than like supremacist well, i think there would there were notes of that initially and that gets shied away from to the, i think towards the end they're like talking about oh he's gonna like enslaving muggles yes and stuff. right which was nowhere uh, like in the first book it's in the first couple books it was just not even on the radar yeah it, he was like a dark wizard he was like a necromancer type you know for it's he's just, he's just a bad wizard which is like an archetype of you know mm -hmm. this kind of stuff of, of, of like just fiction, you know. That was the Dark Wizard goes, you know, all the way back to, you know, the ancestral blood memory, and uh, I think that's another th reason that it's so. Rowling is edu is like uh, educated in the cl in the classics. Rowling yes. is like a she's a liberal of a very old British school, where, you know, very probably overeducated, uh, <laughs> but, and fully. And the problem is, like, d profoundly naive and also projects maybe good intentions on everyone but the bad guys who are kind of comically evil. Yes, that was uh, one of the... And, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Yes, exactly. And I, but, but this is... I definitely... Because she is... Uh, I think she's very genuine in the 90s, like, believing in the 90s, the myth of the 90s, right? Right. And... Uh, the myth of the very late twentieth century. Yeah. <laughs> the myth. <of> the <laughs> uh, yeah, and and it's it's even like like Muggle is actually like it, it becomes obviously a sloppier like race thing, um, but it's very clearly a class thing early on. Well, now to be fair to Rowling, or I don't know if fair is the right word, but like in Britain, these things are much more closely intertwined than they were in America ever pretty yes, much. Yes, right? for sure. So like, I mean, I get what you're saying and I, and I totally agree, but like I can see, I, I, I could always understand the slippage. This would be a good kind of chance to transition into, into this, into this topic because, um, so this was like the main, uh, thing I wanted to like, so I had a, I had an essay on a while back on Arctos and I had a second part planned on Harry Potter that never, materialized in part because I was framing it as like <laughs> Harry Potter is national socialist propaganda back when I was sort of in inclined to think that that you was bad. You can do that take if you want. Yeah. Well, it, it actually, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second, but yeah, but like, as I was writing it, I was also sort of like being more and more like actual national socialism is awesome. So, so it was sort of like, I lost my motivation for, for taking that tack and then just sort of didn't care that much anymore. Um, it was also like in the early, early days of the Trump presidency where like every other day there was some retard on Twitter who was like, you know, photographing themselves with like, you know, 
Dumbledore would have like you know whatever against Trump or Blorf or it was just you know this kind of shit nonstop, um, and 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 fortunately that's died down somewhat. But um, yeah, okay. So so with the race and class thing and with the Muggle versus Wizard thing, I I, I the hilarity or like one of the kind of um, one of the most interesting things to me about this series and and was always interesting to me and and especially like I kept waiting for her to do more interesting things with it than she she just didn't. I think she is able to do it. She just kind of couldn't bring herself to. Um, there was a very similar issue with, with her with, uh, like, she later admitted, like, obviously Hermione would have ended up with Harry. It was just some sort of weird, you know, femoid wish fulfillment thing that, like, I wanted her and Ron to get together. and, and But that's not true to, like, narrative truth of, you know, like, the archetypes or anything. Um, so... So, you know, for, for those of you who aren't familiar or and for those of you who are, just to refresh and just, just you know, lay out the terms of the discussion here, uh, you know, muggles are non-wizarding humans without any magical ability innate, typically descended genetically from, from other muggles, which is to say humans without any magical ability. And then you have humans with magical ability, which is very explicitly over and over again, and it becomes a major plot point and more major the longer the series goes on, it's genetic. Um, and so there's like a wizarding gene. And I saw one point when I was doing research for this, for this piece for Arctos that never, that I never f completed. Um, <laughs> like on some Harry Potter wiki, they like work out the like precise, uh, you know, the, the like Mendelian, you know, inheritance rules for, cause you could do that from her descriptions in the novels. I mean, she's, she, she knows enough about genetics and she's, you know, enough of a careful writer that, that it all kind of checks out in a biological sense. Um, the problem, of course, is that, is that unlike, and this is sort of the tack I was taking on the, um, in, in, in the essay, uh, this unwritten or half-finished essay, was, was, is that, like, you know, even from a strictly biological sense, you know, we like to, to you know, we, we can rag on whatever and, and, and whoever and take our, take our thing, but, but the, like, the key kind of insight of HBD, if you want to be real, of human biodiversity, and if you want to be really, really, really scientific about it, right, it's not that, for example, people of African descent are like biologically inferior in some kind of absolute sense um, because they're adapted for their environment. They're adapted for an African climate, for an Af you know, for, for their environment. And, and, you know, someone with the European heritage dropped off a helicopter in Africa is not going to have as well of a, a good of a time. Right. Vice versa. The problem of, you know, the tragedy of um of clown world is is we have all these genetic africans running around environments to which they are manifestly not evolutionarily suited um and yes of course intelligence is part of that as well um the 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 hilarious thing from my perspective about um about the world that jk rowling constructed is like wizards are just straight up superhumans they're just better humans there's no downsides to being a wizard you just have all these awesome powers so like evolutionarily you know i mean like it, it's not even just that voldemort didn't do anything wrong it's that he's just a hundred percent correct in his analysis like why i mean the, the humans are just an inferior competitor species they have absolutely no you know it's not like they're just better and uh, adapted or to some kind of weird it's just no like wizards are the ubermensch so and, and 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 so all she has ultimately to fall back and she doesn't even really i don't think she ever really like because in, in, in um, the closest analog, I, I think, is X-Men, right? Where, where it's like, the you know, you have these two factions of, like, we got to protect the humans versus, you know, no, we're just going to wipe them out. Yeah. Um, Which, the, uh, yeah. I, that's one thing I wanted to bring up briefly, because obviously, yeah, I, there's the faction, like, one of the things I've never really noted is uh, 
what do the bad guys because the bad guys of course get got dumber over what do they gain from enslaving muggles <laughs> right like i mean seriously gain, like what is it they're trying to do like what are you trying to do here guy like you're like you can like enchant a suit of armor to work in the field if you need right. to work in the field but you don't because you're a you can grow and if they're a threat your, to you the rational you know, response is it's, to it's, wipe them out the Right? I mean, like, if you don't need them for slave labor, yeah. and they're just going like, to, like, hang up on you and cause a problem. Like, muggles, muggles literally can't... Well, you could just... You could make like, it so they can't, can't even see, see you, them. right? Yeah, exactly. Like, when they don't, like... Yeah. If you're in, like, a bus that's enchanted, like, they just can't look at... Like, it's very... It's it's very... Uh, silly, like, silly what the bad guys' goals are. Uh, which, when... Which, but they make more sense in, like, a... Dark wizard wants to be immortal... Right. is a better plot line. like stopping the necromancer from being immortal is a way better better yes, plot way better um, as a plot but she she kind of like stumbled think, into this well i think the problem was she sort of was like okay well wizarding is genetic but it's recessive or to some extent so you could have this case of this child of course it turns out he's you know not i guess he's his parents were both wizards anyway it doesn't matter but like we we, we have this kind of genetic framework we have this kind of whole interesting world we've come up with and 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 then the you know as, as the end of history itself ends and now we're like entering back into history and we have you know the the early early inklings of the um you know the things that would were, were to come in, in in the early 2000s uh you know she her tack becomes more and more kind of you know anti-fascist for lack of a better word and so you get this kind of kind of thing grafted or this political message grafted on to this this body, this textual body, this corpus that is just manifestly unsuited for that message because, you know, yeah, like it, it's what, like, you, you could say, I mean, I, you know, you, sometimes people say, oh, the strong should protect the weak. Well, why? Why? I mean, from a Christian perspective, for example, or, you know, certain kinds of Christian perspectives or Buddhist perspectives or whatever, I mean, there's, there's an extent to which you say, yeah, you know, if, if beings need, you know, aid in a certain way, then we're, we're sort of uh, maybe not necessarily obligated, but it's like a moral good to provide it for them in certain ways. But that's very different from like there's this existential threat or maybe not even an existential threat, just this competitor species that's like not you, it's not your people, and they are, you know, causing you problems and you can... And you're naturally innately superior to them in various ways and have the ability to just like essentially do whatever you want to them uh where's the morality going to step in that that that's going to like you know wh where is this idea oh the strong should protect the weak like where is that coming from versus yeah. for example well, the, 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 the weak should fear the strong which just you know say whatever you will about it it just makes a whole lot of sense just, sorry go on well the then the book really does sidestep this and i think kind of i don't want to say it does it elegantly but Point where you're, if you're reading it, uh, I didn't like. I had to be much older till I. You know, you can poke holes in it, obviously, uh, as an adult. But uh, when you're reading it, it never actually goes into the morality of like why you protect muggles, and even it doesn't even go like to say that Harry Potter has any special love for people who aren't magical. It's it's just a civil war. Yes. You know. Uh, and I think that's kind of that's and part of that reason is that the the like Muggle racism angle is is kind of crafted on to appease a certain faction. And the and I want I do want to talk about how want to talk about how like naive Rowling is, and because she, because she assumes the best intentions of everybody who's not evil, she will also assume everyone like assumes the best of her because <laughs> and because of her classical background, 
she is probably more intrigued. I'm sure she's read, you know, Beowulf and all kind of, you know, all the books that are kind of uh, frowned upon these days in classic in classics departments even. And she's she'll just do old archetypes and play. She does she'll she's willing to write stereotypes uh, in a way that make that makes her writing better. Like uh, stereotypes are useful outside of like uh, you know a life hack, you know, or as a tool to use in your life toolbox. They're also a good writing tool. Uh, stereotypes allow you to make a character that the reader fully understands with a lot less effort and work because you're playing into their expectations more than like constantly just subverting them you know and if you can't assume anything based on any kind of detail about a person it's very silly you know it's it's not really great writing and this only gets her in trouble though because she does the, the I, mean, I guess we, I, want to, I want to talk about goblins and <laughs> great yeah fair. yes oh let's and, talk about goblins great yes and the the animal it's like uh, if you want to understand the relationship between the Anglo and the Jew, Harry Potter is the perfect yep. novel for this. To where even the point of like the wizards and goblins in like thousands of years ago were, like, were fighting like genocidal wars and understood each other in those terms. And now the entire wizard economy is run by these creatures who don't seem to like humans. Um, and to have a explicitly different and like ethnically denomination, I don't think really, like they have a they're they have a different morality that is explicitly about like their racial domination, and like there's what's the there's one scene where one of the older Weasleys uh, pulls Harry aside because you have to understand um, the goblins want. I think it's, one of, it's like the sword of Gryffindor is a, is an important artifact, or kind of a MacGuffin. Not really. It's a it's a important part of the plot, and the goblins at one point won it, and they're kind of a non-factor in the books. But they're put, Harry Potter has to pull aside and says, "Listen, goblin morality is different than human morality. Goblins built this sword a thousand years for our epic hero, Godric Gryffindor." Is this a direct and quote? No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's definitely you're. It's an accurate summation. I was just, I didn't remember that that, that yeah. direct quote, and I wasn't sure. Well, they say it, when yeah. they sell, when they sell or give an item to a wizard, they're only giving it to humans for that person's lifetime. As soon as that person dies, <laughs> then it's it goes property, back to us. Not, yeah. not of the maker, but of like the race of goblins. Yes, who run Which the is, bank? Who run the big, you yeah. know, central bank with the yeah? Well, the the other thing I wanted to say about that too is is um. Uh, that you didn't mention surprisingly maybe was was that uh they're very happy to play both sides they don't give a shit about the conflict uh they'll take voldemort's money they'll take dumbledore's money they do not give a single shit and yeah it's also impl- it's implied that like voldemort doesn't hate them either yeah, i think right. at one point death eaters death eaters at one point did kill some goblins but like wasn't a big deal <laughs> like it's like oh you know it, it wasn't like it's a uh, what's the it's kind of which is oh yeah, which reminds me because they're one of the only, they, if I recall correctly, like like part of the Death Eater thing was like, like basically they don't have any respect for any magical creatures other than wizards. So, it, but I guess they kind of they're willing to deal with goblins. I don't know. It's an interesting kind of thing. It's like we'll make this one exception for you know, like we don't give a what? shit. We're out to get whoever except for these people who own all the money and control the banks. 
finance everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. There's definitely a case you could make that, like, this is just a book about a civil war in England. You know, and, uh, and all the... If, if you view it more like a hero's journey, it's better. And, of course, there is the... Uh, it's the book is kind of cheesy. Uh, the, it the okay. So this is very thing that's very advantageous to the book is that uh, it's like the it's the furthest from sci-fi you can get. Um, in that it never defines how things work in the systems. Magic is very amorphous. What makes up someone war less powerful is very much up for debate. Um, Obviously, being smarter helps, but also there's a talent. And living long... Like, people who are older are also better, presumably from experience. But you can also be a prodigy. Um, and how like the exact mechanics of it are kind of... They, it's, it's very interesting for a book, about, a book about a school of magic. They don't go into like how or why things work uh, really ever. And that allows the... It gives it gives a lot of freedom, and you don't. And it really, books are it's, the books get away with a lot, and it's written well enough that you never notice that. Uh, but you make a very strong case that, uh, like the, like the, everything from like combat and involving wizards is all kind of. Uh, it's not random, but it's not expected. Like there's like a level of emotional power. Again, in this books, in that if you like love somebody a lot, you'll do better at fighting, and if you hate people a lot, you're better. And uh, the kind of differentiation between uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort is that like they just use different emotional resonance. They're basically the same character. I want to say that that also I different uh, emotional resonation. Like uh, you, you know what I'm saying. Like I I do, and one of the one of the. Um the, the, one of my college professors had a um, the highest grade he ever gave on a on an end of term assignment um, was not to me but was to someone who wrote an essay about basically uh, Manichaean morality in Star Wars and and I think that you 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 hit the nail on the head in, in describing it as the um, the the kind of millennial Star Wars one of the things one of the other things they have in common is this Manichaean morality, right? Where the, cause I guess maybe you need to back up for a second. So, so in traditional Christian theology, right? Like God is a source of all being there is like evil has no independent existence. Um, it's a, it's a deprivation, a privation and absence of, of what's good. And it has no independent ontological weight. Um, Manichaeism was a competing religion that existed for some centuries from, a, I think, from like the third century and probably survived for, for about a thousand years overall afterwards, where um, it drew on Christianity, drew on Buddhism, too, interestingly. Um, Maitreya was a figure in it. But um, the idea, one of the central core ideas of Manichaeism is, is that good and evil are opposites and both essentially equally real, that evil is not the... The, um, the absence of good, but its own actual thing, and and you could be just as powerful through evil essentially as you could through good. It's just a kind of different method, and you obviously see this in Star Wars with like the dark side of the Force is a, you know thing of great power, right? And and not and they're opposed, but it's not like the light side is necessarily inherently superior. 
Um, and definitely, as you're, I think you're saying with like with Harry Potter, and the, the, there's no implication. Like, you know, Harry defeats um, Voldemort in the end for like plot. Oh, spoiler alerts, right? For for like kind of like out of plot necessity reasons, and and um, and I mean, he's the hero of the story. Uh, of course, he has to, but um, he might as well, in a sense, not have. Or he didn't have to, or or it's or you know outside of the fact that it's Harry, it's about Harry's story, and she's trying to you know teach a certain kind of child a certain kind of message. Um, yeah, it's 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 not. I don't think anywhere really directly stated. And and for most of the for most of the novels, and I think kind of overall in in general, it seems like uh, uh, from my recollection that that the like the dark wizard magic is presented as like stronger, right? Uh, yes, I mean the one of the big. I mean, they have the ability to just like kill people and make like by deading them. Like, there's a kill that there's a spell that kills you by making you dead. <laughs> and right. the good guys aren't allowed to use it. Yeah. Uh, and it's implied that the most effective good guy uh, in terms of combat power, who's this Mad Eye Moody, while wow, is a he implies he's like the reason he's so good is at being effective in fighting. Is he he's it's implied he's willing to use it. Right. Uh, I think he like halfway even the book the book the kind of. Uh, Morality book won't let him like actually use it in combat, but he'll say like the first half of it before getting cut off by something, um, which is you know interesting all kind of all way all its own. But uh, yeah, the there's there's like a I think the book comes to a it's satisfying. I think in that the way it ends, uh, and not just because the good guys win. I think that the like the the ending isn't like some kind of wonderful achievement, but I think it it is like fully the, it's telegraphed throughout the whole series how it's going to go and it's going to go something like this. Yes, and and the book makes very clear it was kind of always going towards this, and there's also like a very it's very it kind of pulls very heavily from. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aslan stuff, which is interesting looking back on uh, Wonder... Because uh, J.K. Rowling's priors are very much kind of debated. And it's ob- it's clear she has, has, you know, read the Chronicles of Narnia and enjoyed it. If only because she's, like, a British woman of her, of, her, of, her, <laughs> right. of her own generation, right? I mean, it goes um, without saying, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I... I I think it's like the whole thing is kind of a mastercraft in uh I don't want to call it like myth making but like not subverting it. like there's a there's a the modern school of of uh writing is, is very bad it's all about like MCU oh, twists subversions uh, all this stuff yes, yes. which is not to say that Harry Potter is devoid of any kind of twists or subversions or expectations but she's relying on our see things yeah. fall you can see things fall into place well, and that, you see a yes. you see a show of good and evil that is not about uh, it's like it's not subversive. Like it's like Harry Potter is great, great because it's not subversive at all. So it almost never yeah. subverts your expectations. So well, my expectations were subverted. Now I, I, this is okay. So my single greatest criticism of of her work, which goes back all the way to the time I was reading them as a, as a younger adult, and um, and and I kept waiting for like Draco's redemption arc, and it never came, and it, and it was always very upsetting to me. 
um, because <clears throat> in terms of like the, I think you're absolutely right that that she's drawing on these archetypes very self consciously and very, how to say, skillfully. She, um, I, one on, on a, another side note on this is I think her use of Latin is really great. It, it, it speaks to her classical yes. education and the sort of like kind of fanciful quasi church Latin that she uses for stuff that like you know even if you don't know any Latin but especially if you know it even a little bit really just brings the whole it really ties the room together you know so to speak um it just works very nicely and it really hits that kind of archetypal kind of you know everybody coming out of this 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 blood memory of you know medieval european consciousness um that she's tapping into for sure um but as a part of that or as part of the kind of narrative structure right like you can't tell us like okay so so harry potter is on one level it's it the 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 chief antagonist is voldemort right he's the kind of big bad but at another level, at the more kind of inter, because but, but Voldemort isn't really a character. He doesn't really enter the stage until the thing's more than halfway done. Um, in terms of like the, the the interpersonal layer of the conflict, and and in a kind of Jungian archetypical sense, Harry's shadow is Draco. Draco is the son of privilege. Draco and and Harry are equally matched in terms of their magical abilities. Um, you know, but I think each each of them kind of knows that, but for an accident of birth, they could very well easily have ended up in each other's shoes. Neither of them is willing to admit that. I'm not even sure that J.K. Rowling. It, it's clear that she, at some level, I don't know that she's conscious about it. It's, it's clear sometimes what she's conscious well, I about. Think yeah. In the first scene, he tries. Draco tries to like become his friend. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he yeah, yeah, and and Harry just doesn't even really know what's going on. Um, and then when they, it was, I think it was in the second book and movie that they have like their like a big duel or, or something. It's fairly early on. Like they're, they're butting heads from extremely early on. They're both kind of like you know high T. Like, like I mean, that's, so one of the interesting things about her portrayal of the, um, the the class element of this too is is she you know I think in an, an American author. So I I think one of the things that. Uh, would differentiate like if this if this series had been written by an american which i don't i don't know that it could have been but uh definitely american sensibilities would in, would have the um the uh upper class people the you know like the drake the malfoys especially um represented as kind of very effete i think there's this there's this sense of you know they're going to be very um the, the men Foppage, are going to yeah. fop exactly where would that there's none of that in certainly not in the books and, and not even really in the movies um like like draco's dad uh is all man right he's very manly man um he has long hair but it's 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 in the like the legolas kind of vibe right um and and uh, draco himself is not i mean he, he has his best friends are kind of fat but even they are sort of like they're fat and kind of stupid but strong and 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 there's no like lack of masculinity or something um and yeah draco himself is 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 there's no like it, it it's just a different kind of a, an approach i think an american would have would then an american would have made and yeah it, the 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 interpersonal layer of the conflict is is very much between yeah. between uh, harry and draco and so i kept waiting for draco and and, and you, you kind of almost halfway get it where like draco is is tortured by you know he's sort of you know voldemort's making him kill dumbledore and and he's really conflicted about it because he doesn't actually have anything against Dumbledore, and um, and then it all kind of goes off the rails, and and, and like uh, he manages to avoid killing Dumbledore by having Snape do it instead, 
um, but he never really gets the, his resolution. I, I, I kept waiting for Draco well, to like see the yeah. error of his ways or like split from his father, like like leave his father's influence or something. If you want to set up Lucius or whatever, I forget his name um, as like yeah, Lucius, Lucius, you got it. Lucius as as like you know he's the overbearing father, the kind of you know he just doesn't get it and he's behind everything and he doesn't and and he's domineering uh, Draco and getting him to do the wrong thing and Draco is going to exert his independence by splitting from that and you know joining with the good guys or or something. And and just n- none of that ever happened, and I felt it was kind of narratively, structurally necessary. And the fact that she pulled well, that punch really, really, I didn't so like that at all. I have a totally opposite take. Okay, interesting. Hit me. So here's why it's good, and this actually gets to the thing about being it being a original. It's about it's, it's a book about civil war. It's more about civil war than anything else. Uh, is that when civil wars end, and when like the, the troubles end. You don't, at a certain point, like, you... So the last scene of the book explicitly is they're both, like, sending their kids to Hogwarts, right? And yes. Draco is still an influential member of society. He is still, well obviously, very wealthy and well-dressed. And the and that's, like, how a civil war ends, is that you don't kill all of the enemies. Actually, you the society starts again, and it's basically the same as before with a couple you know a couple some minor changes but the uh and i think that i think that's it's a very uh like troublesy thing to do where well this guy was a bad guy but there was an amnesty and bono sang a song so i guess we're not going to fight each other anymore <laughs> but we still live in the same town there's only well, one school in this country. I get that so. for, like, the resolution overall. I don't get that for Draco's character specific. Or, like, I could get that for Lucius. I don't get that for Draco. Like, Draco's... If, does he have character development or not? Because, like... it's And it seems like at the end of the day, he doesn't. Right? He doesn't... He, I mean, he doesn't even really seem to, like... Which actually gets to another um, point I well, wanted I to Well, I think he's... I think he's... He's... Well, he's not hero, for one. So sure. he gets to have a, a more sensible development where he's like a 16-year-old and kind of just isn't 100% along, like, ready to start behaving. So like the, 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 kind of, obviously the kind of setup in Harry Potter is that there was like a, a, like a five years of like very brutal fighting and then all the veterans of this thing kind of quiet down or, and then they all come back and so the war is especially brutal because it's all these people who are just who are hardened by it, are just going right back where they were, uh, just as just as hard. And after you know, basically, uh, either being tortured by the enemy for 15 years, like a lot of the Death Eaters were, uh, or you know, or still like you know nursing old wounds. And Draco doesn't he like, he's not a veteran of the previous war, so he's like out of place in the Death Eaters. None of all the Death Eaters are like explicitly. Uh, except for a couple, like no, I think they all. I think they were, every single one was a veteran of, of the of the previous. Yeah, war. and you're bringing up the torture thing not. is interesting because it's like the supposed good guys are the ones who run this like Guantanamo just, Bay. But yeah, for, with, where you're like yeah. psychologically murdering people every day, like <laughs> and like with these explicitly evil demonic beings. Yeah, no, um, it's a, it's probably the, it's it's very quietly like the worst atrocity in like maybe in fictional history. <laughs> Basically, like yeah. I mean, it, it. You think the Holocaust was a good fiction? Like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> like, like, Isa Weasley got shit on J.K. Rowling, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you take the it's, yeah, if you like sort of understand what she's doing with the, I mean, the just like the idea of dementor torture every day yeah. for decades or whatever, which is also I don't want to get too into it, is a very nice. Okay, this is gonna this is gonna sound like getting reaching way too much, and I probably am, but in the '90s there was a death that like because of the end of history we could argue about the death penalty forever, and she's making a pro death penalty argument. This obviously the Azkaban is like a pro death penalty thing. Yeah, where this is well, explicitly do you think she's, like. Do you think that's a? Do you think she's now? This is maybe in a great. I think she was when was, she, in the in the 90s or 2000s. I think she was. Maybe she's different now, but I think. Interesting. Yeah, I that's think entirely possible, or it's, it's just like kind of unintentional, it's, it's, right? Or I think it's. You think it's intentional? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, I mean, we know she hates trannies, right? <laughs> yeah, but well, to the point where the the uh, dementors can murder you and like only kill your soul and leave the body. Like that's a very yeah. I mean, it's like a Foucauldian kind of point, almost in a certain way, right? Of like, you know, yeah, what word. are prisons? You know, what are they there yeah. for? What do they do? What? And how is this presumably, like actually presumably like Wizarding Society at large kind of gets off on this whole thing? I mean, they would have to, evil... otherwise they wouldn't have built the thing, right? Yeah, and like there is a. It's also this like I don't know. It's very interesting because because killing is obviously treated as like the absolute worst thing you can do to somebody, except for you know. Killing is very bad in Harry Potter. It's a curse. It's like it's a major taboo in the society of wizards is to kill another, kill another wizard. Huge taboo. So they turn to something such so, so much more evil, and so much more like it. It kind of kind of frame it, it frames like the wizard side as like kind of cowards, which uh, is if you want to talk about like where if you look at it as the troubles, J.K. Rowling is explicitly like kind of a, an English nationalist and a unionist. And it's one of the because as Americans are kind of intrinsically kind of pro IRA, and it seems as if J.K. Rowling is like uh, advocating like you know we should have killed them all, <laughs> like the, the you know it, it was. Well, it she was really clearly hated. The, well, that's the fun, one of the funny things too is right is like why would she make the Death Eaters like an IRA analog because she really fucking hates the IRA. Like to, to to speak to her, I think she herself has from a, no a low class for, background. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, but and like, like no, like they're cartoonishly evil, yes. which is what like the kind of bulldog nationalism nineteen nineties stuff was. Like, we're going to go smash them, you know. But like, I mean, again, so she, so I mean, just to sort of get you in her in her headspace, maybe to some extent, like she, I don't think she had a privileged background at all, but she's enough of a kind of old timey like british nationalist a, yeah, yeah union like, exactly enough of an old-timey unionist that like you know she's just like fuck these people we're the united kingdom you know yeah. and uh and, and that's kind of the 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 overarching frame which is which is very much out of step i, I think kind of equally out of step it's just not as it doesn't hasn't raised to the same level as, as her kind of like tranny stuff and 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 coming out against the, the it never will movement. because that stuff because i think that stuff is like it's uncomfortable for like every side of politics to talk about. Yeah. Uh, also, like I mean, you talk about the stereotypes. Uh, was it same as Finnegan as an Irish wizard who <laughs> un- constantly is uh, like blowing things up unintentionally? Yeah, and and the and the well and the Weasleys are like who are you know Irish and sympathetically portrayed, but I guess they're probably like Manchester. You know, like, I don't think they're Irish. I, I always got the message like because uh, I just saw them as like uh, what is it? What's the phrase? Uh, just no, kind man, of like, they're they're Catholic, they're they're like, Irish Catholics. They're 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 redheaded and they have like a million children, and they live in poverty. That. And no, they're Irish. 
<laughs> like a hundred percent. Yeah, no, they're there. And that's her thing is like, you know, we, I can sort of sympathetically portray these, you know, Irish people who are on board because, you know, their family moved to Manchester and yeah, they're Catholic and yeah, they have a million children and yeah, they live in poverty and they're you know, kind of weird and always fighting with each other. But like, you know, and also they about they're pro union, so that's fine. Yeah, no, it really is because, like, if you if you want to take the the view of it, uh, like, Wizarding, it's it's actually in, in the sixth book. There's like some really like probably like, some of the best comedy is when the uh, prime minister of the Magic UK goes to visit like the real real UK prime minister and like keeps him posted, <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, so having a civil war, uh, you can't do anything about it, but there's a <laughs> got to keep you in the loop, and uh, and that's just and that's just that, and. The uh, so like it's where the the if you look at it the 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 good guy wizards that don't want to be mean to muggles are like like the governments of the UK is like a is a union is a union between it's not it's not really because the wizards kind of are in charge but they don't want to be separate they want to keep this kind of world as this kind of two layer thing whereas the uh you know the bad guys clearly want a separate thing a separate layer um it's very well, they're That's like, why should we live in under the thumb of, you know, why should we have to accommodate humans? Like, yeah. and they're right, you know? Um, that, that I think, brings me also, so the the other kind of, like, uh, or were, were you done with that? Was there more you wanted to say? No, yeah, it was pretty much, pretty much all that. The, so that, I mean, but it, it's very much in the kind of the same vein, the kind of other big picture point. And this this actually was the kind of, like, the climax for me of, of this, uh, this unwritten piece I, I mentioned before. And, and also just what I was thinking about, Harry Potter again from like a different angle um, that that really st- stuck out to me, uh, and this is also the the one of the most noteworthy divergences I think between the the films and and the books, and it really kind of speaks to the heart of like the, the audience for the films. Um, so the 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 interesting thing is like okay, so there's one there's a more kind of blunt genetic layer of like you know the, the wizards are a race, right? Um, then you have like sub races within the wizards, which like loosely or not even that loosely, pretty pretty strictly, but not a hundred percent correspond to the houses in the Sorting Hat, right? The the Gryffindor and the Hufflepuff and the the Ravenclaw and the Slytherin, and uh, and it's clear that like you don't have to be a member of the British upper class to be sorted into Slytherin but pretty much everyone in the upper class is going to be sorted into Slytherin. And if you're like a striver or you want to be in the upper class or you want to be, you know, in this, that kind of a layer of society, which ultimately is defined more as um, like, if you care about your pedigree is sort of like the defining characteristic almost more than anything else. Right. Uh, It's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very like end of history where like, giving a shit is the biggest crime <laughs> yes it's kind exactly. of it's like the pcu of fucking uh, <laughs> yes morality mm-hmm. um so so the interesting thing about it is like now again the, the the wizarding gene is just a straight up gene there is not quite the 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 sorting hat thing is more about like your character but it's definitely like it's it's like a ninety-ish plus percent thing on like your character is innate, like what kind of personality you have. There's there, you know your, the Sorting Hat sort of 
there's a little bit of leeway like there's a you know the the, the it, it's very, in the, one of the first scenes in the first book and one of the last and maybe the last scene in the last book is is basically like you know at first the sorting hat is like are you sure you could make a great slytherin and harry's like i don't want to be a slytherin i hate these people like already right and in the very last scene his son uh, his second son i guess is off to hogwarts and he's like but what if the sorting hat puts me in slytherin he's like well you'd be a great slytherin you know so it's like okay so she's you know one again yet again pulling punches in a certain way but like okay but let's be real and and, and then i had a, I have a quote here from, from the actual from the novels where where hagrid says uh and it might even be a, a line um from from the book where there wasn't uh, let me see the There's not a single witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin, is is direct from from Hagrid. So clearly, there's this sense of like the Slytherins are like the bad ones, and I think everybody kind of gets. Obviously, that's what we're supposed to come away with, um, as as um, particularly as, as 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 watchers of the movies. I, there's uh, there's definitely a little more nuance, at least uh, in in the novels, and it gets a little bit more into the psychology of like. Um, you know, Salazar Slytherin isn't like the worst person ever. Exactly, it's not really what it's about. Um, the interesting thing in the divergence that I've that I've now teased several times is, and, and I had to actually look this up because because I, I was thinking about this. I remember the scene in the movies, and it's not in the books. This was invented for the movies, but this is the version of events that everybody remembers um, because that's you know that's what the libtards saw. Hyper reality. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> precisely. Uh, at the end of the battle in the seventh book, right, where, or, or I guess in the, in the lead up to the battle, rather, um, and, and they're preparing the defense of Hogwarts because Voldemort's armies are descending on, on the academy. Um, there's this problem of like, okay, well, obviously we can trust, you know, the Gryffindors and, and the Hufflepuffs and, and probably the Ravenclaws. I mean, we're not gonna like, you know, lock up Ravenclaws just at, you know, because they're Ravenclaws, but what about what about Slytherin? And I, I don't want to like get hit with a with a copyright thing, so I'm not gonna unfortunate. But I'll 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 definitely include a link. I'll make another mental note for including the link. But but I have a YouTube link here of the scene where where um where there someone asks like what are we going to do about the Slytherins? And Minerva is like I think they can go in the dungeons, and everybody fucking cheers. And I remember even as a, by that point I was started, I guess, already kind of waking up a little bit, but I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me? You're going to put, oh, just like, you're just going to, you're just going to do population internment on children because they got sorted into the wrong, like, meme house in, in, for, for your, like, holy shit. But like, that's, you know, that, that's where this is going, right? That's sort of what's occupying the recesses of, of the libtard mind is if you get sorted into Slytherin, you get locked up in the dungeon just because. Yeah, I just like the aesthetics. <laughs> As you're being, you know, thrown in the jail, I just it was. It's really an aesthetic. I'm really thing. into snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. It's like oh, oof. Yeah, he, that that really like, and 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 the um, the kind of overall thrust of the the the, the scene it. The scene isn't like isn't super different in the books, but there's no equivalent. It's not like you know, Minerva McGonagall is like. Throw them all in the dungeon, and everybody cheers. Everybody claps, right? There, well, I think no... it's like they do like a, like they basically give the kids like, hey, so yes, if you want to fight, you want, you, yeah, you can join the good guy army. If you don't, you can you abstain can or yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah. 
And the Slytherins all leave, and it's implied they some of them right, went and some of them go to fight with Voldemort, right? But they would just yeah. all leave. That's exactly right. Yeah, which is a much more British thing, right? Yeah, it's more like it's, it's it's like oh, it's like damn sporting of you, you know? It's like they got that kind of yes. well, I guess if we'll go let them join the enemy army before the big battle because you know it's what I would want them to do in my situation. Therefore, well, yeah. You know. To be clear, I, I think you know if you have a fifth column inside your walls during wartime, there's nothing morally wrong with interning them. Not yeah, just, it, cla- it clashes with the, uh, yeah, you know, the, everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, uh, do you want to talk about Dolores Umbridge, the character? <laughs> Hillary Dolores Umbridge Clinton, yes. <laughs> I got some, yes. uh, during the meme war, I had some very, uh, with some spicy success, people were like, I don't know if I, you know, but it was yeah, a narrative it, jam, yeah. Yes, it was, it was people who like, were like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she is interesting in that she is, so the fifth book is, I think, probably the best one in that it does this very interesting dance of, so you, like, Voldemort comes back in the end of the fourth book, and that's always the kind of, it's always hanging over the book is that, well, there's, He's he's out there. He's a he's a he's a living person. He's fully incarnated with all his powers, and he's just operating. And there's a cover up by the government, and that's so that it's already going to have like a level of stress and that. And then she's introduced. Wait, as sorry this. to interject, which never really made much sense to me. Like, what was the government's motivation in covering this up, other than sort of generic, like, oh, we don't want to tell people bad news? Which, like, what? But anyway, yeah, the, well, the even dumber thing was that all maybe is is that it was like sports corruption. <laughs> I don't remember. What do you mean sports corruption? Like the uh, there was uh, the Wizard Olympics. It was like the end of the Wizard Olympics is when he came back. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, like, indeed. This has to go off without a hitch, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, we got yeah we got to have this event stage for yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. But yeah, that never made any sense to me. And, and it wasn't even just that it was like, I mean, I guess, I mean, in a way you could sort of like, what's the government's motivation, all this COVID bullshit. It's sort of like, you know, they're just lying for the sake of lying at a certain point. So, okay, I guess there's that. But as, it just was, I mean, what is your interest in covering this up? And why are you doubling and quadrupling and octupling down on covering this up when like, there's all kinds of... Re- First of all, nobody really cares. Second of all, it's not really threatening your stability. And third of all, to the extent that it is, your stability is... You know, you're going to be obviously in a much better off position if you, if, assuming this so, is actually a real threat by giving people the chance to prepare. Yeah? So by... Di- but this it makes sense. This is one of those things that does, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But it makes sense in the Troubles analog, right? Where yeah. Margaret Thatcher doesn't really give a shit uh, to all that much, she's focused on like dumb things with the Soviet Union and the Argentina, Argentina, and like blockading uh, the Sappers and shit. Where just like are things the the lower class British people fucking all they they not that they hated them they, they they liked the Falklands at the time whatever but they absolutely hated like you know betraying South Africa and mm. you know all this spending to keep pace with the Americans in uh, Central Europe and would win like they considered the IRA like the big threat. Like the IRA was actively running operations on English soil. And if you're a unionist, you think of the, the government's ignoring like this active, like these active, you know, to them like mad bombers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in order to, to just kind of do like supply side economics, which is, I think where, which is where they, I think that 
perception as the government as inept and uncaring about like a war brutal service comes from uh, <clears throat> the book the book if you if you don't put that the the IRIPs in the puzzle the books have a lot make a lot less sense it's hard to understand really yeah like where it's all kind of coming from and 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 why it's structured the way it is yeah totally yeah okay so but back to so Dolores yeah Dolores Umbridge is is like the chief propaganda officer right initially of the of the of the Union government. Yes. Well, she, she, well, she initially she's an attaché at Hogwarts to like kind of oversee, and then she becomes yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. But but she's so there's this Pollard the whole fifth book that Vol, that Voldemort's coming back, but then it's matched with this like, uh, so Voldemort is like kind of the masculine threat and like masculine violence. Like Voldemort is also, and uh, the yes. American movies make him much more a fet and all these yes. things. Where in the books he's like a, uh, how do you explain? It? Like he's he's like a bit of a brute in the books. Actually, he's kind of he's not a not that he's not a skilled fighter or whatever, but he's he is overpowering in every, all in all aspects. Where the uh, movies add like a little like finesse and CGI like kind of flightiness to him. Um, he's like a brute, and Dolores Humbridge is like the opposite in that she's like the female manifestation of evil she's yes corporate and and uh she's uh you know she's using like she's using like the state and her influence over it to just make a somebody's life miserable that she doesn't really quite have a reason to dislike it's it's just like it's well the reason that she doesn't like Harry Potter because he he doesn't trust the government like it's it's <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter doesn't trust the government, therefore he is evil, which is a very feminine kind of hate. Uh, well, she's the dog mom, like you are, right? She, she's you're the, she out doesn't of, have well, any ch- children of her. Sorry, go on. Well, does she's like you're out of step with the social order. Yes, I'm going to get you in step with order. And she doesn't have children like the, of her own to like yeah. do that healthily with, so she projects it outwards. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, so uh, you're probably just a little too young for this, and, and I think it definitely speaks to, like, a generational um, divide. I'm probably just about the youngest person who not only was I instructed in how to write cursive, um, but, like, on occasion <laughs> had to, like, write out sentences in cursive, you know, over and over again as, as a form of punishment. Um the scene of I, I think it's really one of the best scenes in the in the novels. It really speaks to that that her ability that you uh, Rowling's ability that you mentioned earlier to really set a scene, set a stage, and and get you feeling this kind of creeping dread, where where um, you know she she's like, okay, Harry, you got to write out this sentence over and over again. I, I, I don't even remember what the sentence was. Like, I must listen. I will not tell lies. I will not tell lies. Perfect. Yes, thank you. And and, it, and at first he's like, wait a second, that. Hurt. Wait, what? And and he's having he, you know, the the pen, the magical pen that he's using to write it, is drawing his own blood to to write it in. Perfect. Ten out of ten. Like, that's rolling at her finest in terms of like drawing on archetypes and telling something. It's like it's it's you know, to to use an overused phrase, it's kind of Lynchian dream logic, but in the best possible way of like, this is this is speaking to the truth of what that punishment is 
in a way that you can only do in fiction, you can only do in the in, the, in this kind of a telling with this kind of magical story um, that really gets at the heart of it and and really has this profound emotional impact. I, I was really blown away by that scene, and and I think it's 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 maybe the single most powerful uh, in the whole series. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely great, and the it. So, she is also such a great and like doing female evil is that she comes back. She's like a cameo in the seventh book, where she's just like the bureaucrat running a. She's like the rubber stamp on a some kind of like uh, kangaroo court thing, and but the thing is the uh, victims of the court are being dragged in by the dementors who kind of rob you of life and happiness and all the positive emotions you feel. Unless you have a Patronus charm, which is a protective magical charm you can only use if you're A, quite powerful, and B, you have a memory of such, like, unvarnished joy that you can summon this. And she and she apparently has one. So she is, like, uh, she's not evil. She is, or she doesn't think she's evil. She thinks she's, like, a, a good guy. Uh, and she's, like, very, she's, very self-assured and it's kind of implied that she'll probably just be to still be around in the government like she's just a government worker who kind of she delights in people's she she delights in enforcing whatever the social order is no matter what it is and uh in the kind of the in the terms of one thing kind of the war is the end of the civil war is that some some people will always just serve whoever whoever's on top and uh And I think I think spiritual I think her goblins back, we could call them. Yeah, or just uh, what is it? Uh, uh, it's it's the people. Well, I don't want to make a. Oh, I'm not going to dunk on Christianity, but I was I kind of want to say it's it's kind of like uh, the church, like it'll always sure. be around. Yeah, you know, in yeah. uh, the society will kind of shape it as it will, but you're always going to have this, and you know these these kind of people or whatever you want, they're just kind of here to stay, and yeah, they're probably they're spiteful and petty but even in your perfect most ideal utopia there's going to be some some there's going to be a DMV somewhere and someone's going to delight in torturing you and she really is the uh, well okay she's the kind of the British version of the DMV lady because the American DMV lady is a different uh, <laughs> deeply different, yeah. deeply different stereotype well okay so maybe that's a good point did you have more on umbridge or that's a good no, point go ahead. To talk about like the real world racial angle to harry potter which i find hilarious like uh i, I have to say i mean so i mean i don't even know where to begin i i, I think um again rolling being in, in some ways a kind of i don't th- i think she's an exer but she's kind of a spiritual boomer in a lot of ways um or, or very much as we say, as we keep saying of this sort of British pre-woke liberal British universalist mold. And, you know, Britain didn't really start changing demographically until Tony Blair, um, and who I'm sure she hated for like the Iraq war and, or the, and the British involvement in, in, in George W. Bush's adventures and so on. Um, so she's coming to this story that she's told as like <laughs> and I, saw, I remember seeing like what there was which I mean it struck me even I mean a great, this was like I wasn't even like liberal I was never really like liberal that kind of liberal I was never like a racial liberal um, 
But even when I was like a kid or, or younger adult reading and you know Harry Potter and like he's got a <laughs> he's got a Chinese girlfriend named Cho Chang. I'm like, you can't come up with a better better name for the Chinese girl than Cho Chang. Like really? <laughs> and and yeah, there was like a there was a tweet from from some from some leftist who was like, you know. Uh, Remember when Harry, you know, Harry Potter has all these amazing names for all these spells and all these different things and all these magical creatures and all this stuff, and then like the the one Chinese character's name is Chang. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing is like it's very obviously token, uh, and I think there was some there's some Parvati, there's some some kind of Indian type, which they've been there yeah. longer. They've been in they've been in in Britannia um, for, yeah, for a it's while. Like they're both Ravenclaws. Yeah. Oh, there you well, go. What, right, the kind of high IQ uh, cast. Yes, um, and uh, but they're obviously kind of exceptions. They're obviously just sort of you know minorities in the strictest sense of like these are just kind of you know we got a couple you know we got a couple pajits we got a couple whatever but you know and there's the like Pajits no blacks. Tend to stay in, the, the Pajits tend to stay in Rivenclaw over here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, so, uh, but, but, but interestingly, there's definitely no, there's no blacks. I mean, there's no, no kind of named, Af- to my knowledge, there's no named African characters. And it even sort of gets into like, as I recall, there's like kind of uh, gestures at a certain point, especially in the fourth book towards like kind of the wider wizarding world. And like, cause you know, we have the French Academy of these smoking hot French girls. And we have the like Eastern European block of like this, these, you know, Slavic bodybuilder types, um, and I, as I recall, there's kind of vague mention, maybe not, or maybe it's just implied, or maybe I'm just making it up, but it would make sense in the world of, you know, like kind of like a, like a Chinese thing going on, maybe even Arabian type thing going there on. Is, there is, there is an Arabian thing going on. They, they, there's like a magic reference to like magic carpets and stuff. There you go. Yeah, right. Um, nothing in Africa. No Africans, no named African type characters uh, in, in the books, um, to my recollection. And I was Which is kind... well compensated with the, in the movies. Well, that's what I was about to say. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go, I think. Why don't you jump in? Uh, yeah, the movies are uh, just. What is it? It's there's a British boy named Dean Thomas in the uh, in the books, and he's a big fan of soccer. And that's about the extent of his like character characterization, is that he likes soccer and he's tall, and He's cast like you know. He's cast as like I think. Well, also because of the t- time when the first movie came out, he's like the only one. He's he's very much the token. Yes. Oh, that and was then, the other thing. Ho- was, yeah, the the racial politics is, of the of the West changed over the course span yeah. from like the first release to the last. Yeah. To where by the end of it, by well, by the most recent like uh, Harry in the MCU because there's like MCU it continues with like these kind of darker Grindelwald stories. Oh, I haven't paid any which attention. Are, I have no, no knowledge of those. Not terrible, actually. But Okay, I believe actually, you. I just haven't seen them yet. They, there's a lot of like, really good actors, and it, it works. And the, It's more of a movie. Obviously, there's not like, a source material or ruin or unfaithful to, so they're a little more free to be a little more wild. Um, but anyway, the those movies are set in, like, the 20s in the U.S. and the 20s in, like, Paris, and it's just like a bowl of Cocoa Puffs, you know? It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it's just sad. Well, what, I mean, that's a kind of almost a, a, a completely different topic, but um, 
Yeah, that shit makes me mad. That all shit always made me mad. I, I, that's like maybe parallel with whatever other, whatever other earliest red pills I had, like that kind of stuff, which, which obviously has just gotten so much worse. Um, what, what was that? I was, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, it was a function of my autism. I was like, this is not historically realistic. To which the response, even then, you know, like late '90s, early 2000s, was like, you know, but it is, you know, representation. I'm like, I don't care. Historical authenticity. And and that's and then from there it was like basically you know objective reality and objective reality is a white supremacist construct, and then I was like well no it wasn't and then they were yes it were yes it is and I was like okay fine you know what yes it is objective the concept of objective truth is a white supremacist is a white supremacist construct fine you're right you win, um yeah. and historical authenticity and all of it right uh, that kind of experience is I kind of I, I there's kind of a pithy response that I think. Uh, and kind of encapsulates like our kind of movement and kind of worldview, which is, you win, let's fight. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, yes, you, yeah, I like sure. that. I will endorse this this worldview you have. I think, in, in like now let's, you know, we you, now let's settle this. Like we, you know, they're kind of. And I, I think that that's a, it's a it's a pretty good summation of how we look how at the goes. world. Whereas, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I like that. You win. Which let's also fight. brings yeah. me up to the. When I, how we talk about how our own society is kind of uh, splintering, and I think one of the re- that's very interesting. I think Harry Potter is kind of a very optimistic, uh, and because of the I think it's part of the it's part of the troubles narrative that is pervades it. But uh, like society is split into four factions that like two of them are periodically periodically at war with each other. Like, and that's just like a part of society. Is that yeah, like these there's like four kind of equally sized groups in society and two of the four are constant like every 50 years you know go on a basically society shutting down war with each other um that's effectively over kind of personalities like uh the it's obviously, obviously once again one of the things that is, is like kind of dropped but in the fourth book it's quite explicit that like uh in eastern europe they they do like dark magic and stuff right but it's not like bad it's just like what they do yeah right yes yeah so, yeah it's eastern europe but what do you, yeah it's what they do <laughs> what do you expect it's transylvania man it's 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 Durmstrang. it was like Durmstrang. like it's a whatever yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's a mixture of like german and transylvanian kind of like uh influences and and and, and, and uh like why would that's in like the, these the slytherins and the Gryffindors have such massively opposite worldviews and there's this kind of a implied like synergy to the four houses that never ever pans out they're kind of always in this yeah you zone. almost like yeah she kind of almost halfway sets up like a voltron type thing of like you know your power is combined and but it never materializes like there's just they're never capable of, of quite pulling it yeah. off like the and, closest they ever uh, got was when they founded when the founders founded hogwarts right yeah and then immediately and like, spiraled off into their own thing. And also, like Salazar's literate, like there's a, I don't, it's kind of like oh the, well Voldemort was right. It's kind of a tired narrative you can make, but like Salazar Slytherin like is both right and vindicated, where he's like hey mm-hmm. his his narrative is, well we can't like, you know dilute, whatever bloodlines or whatever because, then magic you know, will die we, out. We'll, yeah, magic will die out, and magic or and magic will grow weaker as we, out out marry right, and it's. It's never quite ex- explicit in the books, but like the generations seem to be magically weaker. 
that's definitely implied and and the best she ever kind of comes up was one of these that's what i was that's what i keep saying like this is like, like what i found most frustrating about it is is i mean i call it pulling punches that's one way maybe to look at it but it's a series at war with herself because like you 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 know in an alternate universe you could sort of see like i mean you don't even have to make like you can make it about a dark wizard you could even make it about a dark wizard supremacist but who's like driven insane by his own lust for power and like actually becomes a threat to wizarding kind because at the end of the day he cares more about himself than about like the, the 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 flourishing of the wizard race right like that's a story you could tell it would make a lot of sense um the 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 story that she actually tells is kind of kind of at war with itself in various ways because she has all these liberal priors like she's drawing on these archetypes she's drawing on you know european medieval blood memory um she's drawing on reality it's it's a good enough story she's drawing on her her personal like ethno class interest which is also anti-liberal exactly there's and, and, and reality more, is we keep emphasizing she has, she has, has a fascist. More, I would say yeah. she has more, like, soccer hooligan blood than Oxford blood, you know? <laughs> right, but she's still British, you know, like, through and through. And and, and she has a kind of British nationalist-type perspective on stuff. And, and you know, and, and so, like, reality, which has a fascist bias, keeps, like, poking through. And she's always trying to, like, cover it up with these sort of, you know, like, half measures of, of you know, narrative kludge to kind of try to smooth the edges off of it. And, yeah, well, I think one of the one of the biggest ways is, is I mean, on this on the same point was, um, was was like, so, yeah, definitely it's implied that, like, you know, the older generation of more pure-blooded wizards are more powerful. They do have more powerful magic. Yeah. And then she, but she's like, well, and she has a character, I think, in reference to the uh, the squib, you know, squibs are children born, because occasionally children born to magical families will not have magical powers, and occasionally children born to muggles will. Like Hermione is obviously the most kind of famous example in the book, you know, of, of a, her parents, as far as anyone knows, don't, don't have any magical ancestry, but they popped out this magical child. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a total, like, and that, I mean, okay, that's how mutations work too, but it doesn't really cut against the main thrust of the point here, like, at all. And, but it's, also, it's, ex- we're supposed to, like, be satisfied. Is like, Sorry, yeah, what? Hermione is, like, unskilled at magic, or she doesn't have, like, no, she has no talent. She's all, like, hard work. Yes, that's Like, too. she is less good at magic fighting than Harry Potter is. <laughs> uh, like, explicitly so. Like, mm-hmm. Harry Potter is better at, like, fighting with magic, which is well, the she's only the, she's the, the girl, metric of magic yeah. that matters. Yes. Yeah, right. The one like, that you use for yes. Yeah. Um, because like she, if if you're not using it against some another magic user, it's effectively infinitely powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so just what's, what's reality the point you want, of not so what's the point? Yeah, yeah, what's what's the point? There's no uh, PVE. It's all PvP, you know? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but yes. Oh, okay. One, so one that that, that we, brings me. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Or did you have more yeah, on, on yeah, that? Or, no, 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 I was no. just gonna say. So that's a great way to transition back to what, just to maybe round out that that previous point is like. So obviously, all of these characters are white British. I mean, that does, with, with a few exceptions of like you're obviously in much the same way that Wingardium Leviosa is obviously like to make shit levitate. Like, duh. Like a character named Parvati is a is Indian. Character named Chang is is Chinese. Uh, everybody else is white. Like, not in yeah. question. Um, but that's like not okay. So not only do the not only do the movies themselves um, increasingly have like diverse, you know, post Blair, post you know, invasion uh, um, demographic makeup. The character of Hermione herself, in because I guess she, I've never read it or saw it, but I guess uh, Rowling wrote a kind of sequel, a play that's supposed to be a sequel, and when it debuted. 
on, I don't know if it was the West, I think it was West End, but wherever in London that, you know, they, they, they put on this play, um, the, the, the actress who played Hermione was, was black. And, and like, I, I remember it was one of my, like, uh, I don't know, it was just kind of, it was just a different era, I guess. I mean, current year now plus six, I guess, but, but, um, I believe it was Milo Yiannopoulos who replied directly to back when he had a twitter account to jk rowling because like somebody said something or was in the media and rowling was like i think it's great and there's nothing in the books that says that she has to be white and uh and he pulled up a, a quotation of like referring to her pale face now obviously i mean i guess you could you know real hard autistic libtard sticklers were like it doesn't have to mean that she's white but like, I mean, I mean, yes, it does, and everybody, everybody obviously understands that. Like, Hermione has a pale face because she's white, and um, but just also, it's just it's just not believable. No, not it. Well, well, that that goes to the whole thing of like Hermione's this kind of magic science girl, right? And and it is true that you know now women are, are a majority of I believe even high school graduates, definitely of, of college students and college graduates, and 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 various other professional um, career schools and stuff, um, and 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 our whole system caters to a certain kind of femoid mode of being in the classroom like kind of like the Dolores Umbridge thing of like you know sitting down doing the work just kind of being you know like good little worker bees um which obviously you know in, in the in bee colonies worker bees are female right um the, the, like the idea that okay you, it's believable that a white girl would 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 excel in that kind of a role the the idea that like black girl magic is going to do the thing is just ridiculous yeah, it's all. I got my own business. Like that's 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 the magic they do. You know, the standard of a what is it? Black girl magic is very low. Whereas you know, yeah, the I don't want to go too just get too far into the the her like. I guess we have to cover that. Like the like uh, Raleigh's relationship with like the I guess you call it like the, the new the the. The new left or the kind of explicitly the woke, woke left. left. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, so the anti-white left, we'll just call it what it is, uh, is kind of hilarious because it's... Uh, imagine if, like, we knew who wrote the Bible and they were kind of like a cringe fedora poster. <laughs> like, yes. not like a really bad one, but like... Occasionally, they just like tweet something about like you know, oh you know, you know, you know. Did you know that uh, the all of humans came out of Africa, not the Levant? It's like, it's just like so. That's not really like because she's not anti woke. She's just like occasionally naive about their intentions. I think she's a little anti woke on the tranny thing. I mean, I, I get, well, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's only because but... they came at her so hard. Well, I think it's also because she, yes, that's the main thing. But I think it's all. I mean, she did, but they came at her hard because she was no, so naive. To your point, and I think she was yeah. so naive because she just took for granted this kind of like myth of the late twentieth century, uh, you know, end of history feminism type thing. And it's like you know, yes, we're going to empower little. It, it's the same idea that like we're going to make we're going to get little girls in Afghanistan to go to school because fuck the Taliban, they don't let little girls go to school. And, and this is going to be, like, you know, the greatest thing that ever happened. And, you know, this is, like, the full manifestation of blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas, in reality, it just doesn't fucking matter and nobody actually cares. Um, 
and and but but to her it's like you know she wants to have a positive role model. I mean, obviously, I think she also obviously sees her you know Hermione is a little bit of a Mary Sue, um, but but more than that, it's it's a kind of positive role model of a certain kind of you know hardworking, diligent, um, you know female presence that that's not getting by on her physical attractiveness, and uh, it, it, it's it speaks to this kind of I guess you could call it second wave feminist model of women's empowerment not even really third wave uh as i understand these things you know third wave is like like all about porn and random kind of uh uh you know sexual empowerment and stuff and she doesn't seem to care too much about that she's much more like i want girls to go to school and have me good careers and blah 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 which is you know fine whatever i guess if that's your thing i mean i well whatever i, I actually don't think anyway i don't want to get into the debate about feminism point is like that's where she's coming from and uh uh it's just so completely out of step with the anti-white left and and the kind of pro-degeneracy left um where they are today that yeah i've seen i, I was sort of uh, uh, not that long ago i was i was I was looking through some it came to my attention actually i think it was anyway it doesn't matter it was it was on twitter some people were talking about jk rowling and, and stuff kind of in the aftermath of her getting blown up at by by the tranny community and yeah these people were like man, I used to love Harry Potter and now I just can't even deal with it. And, you know, looking back, I see all this problematic stuff, but even without all that, it's just knowing that she, from from their perspective, is just so, like, out of it and doesn't understand and doesn't care to understand and kind of, you know, doesn't like the tranny stuff. It, it really upsets them. Yeah, and it's... Uh, she's... And because I think she's so... Uh, She's also, like, I see, believe, like, she has, like, fuck you money to the nth degree. Like, she's a literal she billionaire. Is, yeah. Yeah. I, well, is, is she the first, like, authorial billionaire? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Those well, films. That's that. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. I wonder if she would have made it, if you could do the break up the math to see, like, what is the book sales alone chunk of that? Because. The I'm sure it's substantial, still, but it's, yeah, I'm, the books like, still sell, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's substantial, but but what but, but obviously what made her the money was residuals oh yeah, sure. on the film rights, yeah. Um, but was it so? Was it? But as as a little billionaire, she's like, you know, also in that she's a. So she's known for being an author, and she's a literal billionaire. So she's like. She's literally uncancelable, like in a way that even like arguably Donald Trump is not, because like people will always like like she's her fame is not reliant on any level of uh, new technology. Not even like the movies are part of it, but not really. Like people who are into J.K. Rowling are into the books, uh, and because she her, her like power influence is tied up tied up in old media. Like you know, obviously, arguably the oldest kind of media. She, she's always got an audience for sure. She do, she does. She can't be canceled. She's not like, like I would say she is more like anti-fragile than Donald Trump in that way. That if you take away Trump's megaphone, doesn't matter how much power he or he used to have, he's effectively like kind of pissing in a corner on some blog, and no one really cares. Um, because he's so tied up in old media, because but because she's or in new media, but she's she's in old media, and whatever things she wants to write or things she wants to say, is going to be breathlessly covered. And if it's not, 
if like if for instance the media refuses to cover her statement or her new book it will be covered by like alt potter media like there is a like harry potter media scene that is uh large and insane and it's also funnily enough it's not at all impact like the kind of uh online Twitter mob that like always is like constantly trying to get after her or like Tumblrites are like a very small fraction of people who are Harry Potter fans the there is a lot like the idea that I think she is at all like tarred by these fights with these blue hairs is uh kind of like it's a it's a it's a what do you call it it's it's a it's a it's what these blue hairs believe, and what it's a like cope the media for them. Yeah, it's a cope for the yeah. for the blue hairs on Twitter. They're like they they think that they're so powerful and they mean so much, and we can yeah. yeah. They they have no power. It's like it's just the thing like where hey, if you just ignore them, like they they actually can't affect you, and it's kind of the ultimate vindication of that. Where she is able to ignore them, therefore they are so utterly powerless. And uh. I, and it's, and it's it's really great, and I think it's one of the reasons is that uh, while because the reason that the popularity is so enduring is that so there's this interesting effect with the books where you can like pick apart a lot of things about the books, like a ton of things, like how wizards are like, just, like fun, like very stupid people, like they're not at all using their potential, like at all. Uh, in fact, like if you want to get autistic about it, like if a wizard was to like have any curiosity about like modern technology and mixing that with magic they would be like a level of ubermensch that's like you know if you can imagine like like a like a firearm in a wizarding fight is effectively a blockable thing but it is like instantly like faster than like shooting beams of light at somebody therefore you know it's better in all kinds of ways and there's all any all kinds of things you could you know make make up but you never, while you're reading them, you never feel the urge to do that, mm. unless you're like reading it to hate it. Uh, the skill <laughs> and the, the narrative is enough. And I actually got into a bit of a, so in the last like year, I found myself like reading a random Harry Potter book that I had no intention of reading, but kind of just saw it and happened upon it. And I was like very deep into it. And I realized I was reading. It was like I, I thought, oh wait, this Harry Potter is cringe because. Even though I have all the, guess counter programming that our ideological milieu has, it's just very easy to get get back lost in it. And I've read the story a million times. I knew it was happening, but it's just the, I I would just the skill that she has with words and writing and uh, people. That I think like there's a there's more written about how she's like a bad quote unquote writer than maybe. Uh, she might have the most like. The, a lot of ink has been spilled saying on why these books are really bad. <laughs> by people who. Well, well I mean, def- by the blue hairs. I don't think. I don't think our guy. I think to my knowledge, this is the first. I mean, you know, n- most of what I have ever read about it was like, oh, it's so nice, and it gets kids to read, and that's sort of where it. Well, where it there's ends. like a there's a kind of thing where like a lot of lit- like literature fags will like. Well, you know, she uses like this phrase a lot. Oh God! More than it's in like yeah. yeah if you follow any God. kind of like big brain literature people, they'll, they'll it's like the fashionable thing for them to like do a dunk 
on Harry Potter. Do they bring up any of the stuff we brought up here? I bet I bet not. I bet it's really retarded. No, and also yeah. like uh, they couldn't because you know because they're f- <laughs> yeah yeah because they're fucking f- <laughs> fatalists. Uh, oh my god, I'm just imagining like logo Daedalus. Uh, <laughs> Can shoot my eyes out. Um, anyway, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, no, I think I think I think people tend to be either kind of effusive in their praise or or hate on it for the wrong reasons. Um, is is my impression for sure? For sure. Did so, you have anything else? Or I I think I'm just about. I'm out just about of, tapped out. I yeah. could we could do it infinitely picking apart for things and making fun of them, but that's like I said, that, that's not the point. Uh, right of the books right the point is to watch this uh thing that is in like it's not subversive and it's not it's not it, it's basically it's as close to like playing it straight as you're ever going to get in uh i guess like modern fiction and uh I've, i i one of my most controversial opinions was that i, I think i ever had in a facebook group about fiction, and when I in the before time before I read pilled was, you shouldn't be allowed to subvert a genre, until you've done great work in that genre, because no like edgy satire genre busting thing, has ever been good if it wasn't written by somebody who who had already like written the genre. Like the reason Watchmen's good is because, it's coming from a superhero writer who's written a lot of superhero stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the reason. Uh, you know, you can go, I can go on. They're like the reason you know, that Picasso, like, same thing, right? I mean, you say what you. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of later Picasso, but he was a very, very talented painter who could do yeah. proper form portrait stuff. You know, yeah. before he started and that's, going all abstract. And that's why, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, I think modern art is maybe so terrible, and why early modern art isn't as terrible, is because early modern, modern artists were at least like went to those academies. And had a baseline idea, and current modern art is 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 taught by the academy, and it's just like, hey, do a subversive thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and I think and I think not that Jerry Carroll needs to write some satire piece or like one or two, but I think she's earned the right of like, hey, you could you could do some decent like adult, you could satirize uh, young adult fiction, and probably do a really good. You know, I think, yeah, it. if she satir, that would be like a more meta take than satirizing fantasy or something, which is kind of played out also. But I, I think that could actually be quite interesting. Um, if she satirized, like, from a meta literary sense, young adult fiction as a genre, right? Like, that, I mean, I could see all kinds of ways that that could be interesting. So, yeah, I think you're, I think you're, you're definitely right. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I think with that, I think that's that's probably enough for today. And uh, you know, always plenty more to say. And 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 at some point, it's um, one of the nice things about the objects of analysis that we we uh, take up are are that you know they're sort of inexhaustible in, in certain ways. So uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll we'll come back to, to Harry Potter at some point in the future. But uh, for now. Um, hope you all enjoy listening and um, take care.